Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Ouch. That's all I can say today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're new, by the way, welcome to Crypto Talk Radio. My name is Leister, I'm your host, and I'm in extreme amounts of pain. Not as bad as before, but still pain and discomfort because I'm recovering from shingles. And I did an episode on casual talk about shingles. I'm not going to bore it here. Just know that I'm working with one arm and I appreciate the patience. And we had a couple questions. I want to share those in case we do have listeners here. The YouTube, so all my equipment for doing YouTube effectively for Crypto Talk Radio is pretty much packed up because I'm trying to get the hell out of here. That's why there are many YouTube episodes. I'm trying to get the hell out of here, and then I can get back on YouTube. Podcast is easy. I can record podcast on, I've got five laptops, I've got my phone, I could, my tablet rather. I can record podcast anything, anywhere. It's easy. The The video, the YouTube, that's a bit more of a pain because of the way YouTube sucks. So I apologize. I will be back on YouTube. It's just going to take some time. I got to get the hell out of here. The quick and dirty of why I haven't left yet, other than my shingles, because that's it's at a point now I'm I can drive. Now I'm waiting for freaking Nevada to give me my plates on the car that I plan to keep so that I can legally drive the damn thing. And that's gonna expire the the uh traveler plates expire on the 31st. I haven't got the plates. They're like, well, it's four to six weeks deep, 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 but they only give you 30 days. And then they give you this little temporary movement crap and you gotta paste it in the window. So they know that 30 days ain't going to cut it. And then they give you this garbage. So I'm trying to get plates because I want the car to be done and dusted and I have to worry about it. Because when I go to the new place, you have to surrender the plates. So it's like I can't, everything's held back by the, almost swore, state of Nevada in where I'm at. And then I'm going to have to pay yet another month rent if I don't get out of here this week. I just got done with another junk haul. I'm pretty much mostly packed except for my work stuff and my desk setup that I'm talking to you guys on you know, in my, you know, like my um, living room stuff. But for the most part, I'm pretty much packed. So I could go. It's not that I can't. I just don't want to be doing stuff at hotels like I would have to do. So that's what's holding me up. 
Separately then, people might be curious on cryptocurrency because there are some things happening in cryptocurrency. I'm going to be honest, they don't really spark a nerve for me. I understand for people international, they're going to be a little bit nerve-wracked, and I got it. And if you're kind of wondering and curious and nervous, I don't blame you, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I am saying for me, I'm just kind of like, eh, because I know that a lot of these are targeted attacks. I know a lot of these are happenstance. I know a lot of these are because of poof hair and all the other garbage that's triggered a lot of this. I've, I've warned people about this on the, on the podcast here, CryptoTalkRadio.net, multiple times, that the bull run I didn't think was here, and this is why. Given this, let's talk of some numbers here. No transition. I'm going to jump right into this because I think our episode is going to be short today. So I looked at Bitcoin because I wanted to get a sense where we're at. The green is starting to outpace the red. That usually means something good, but it's not strong. It's not sustained. I do think it'll go up. It's just not strong. Hovering somewhere around 27.3 right now. Uh, It went as low as 26.6. So we lost momentum, but... I see the green starting to take over the red. Usually that means that we are on the way up sometime in short order. Just going to take some time. Ethereum looks a little bit better, a little bit, than Bitcoin. On the month chart for clarity, Ethereum has more green than red, but Ethereum didn't drop nearly as much on the low as Bitcoin did. So Ethereum has the strength back that it lost. Previously, it was Bitcoin that seemed to have gained more strength than Ethereum. Now it seems to have flip-flopped and We're looking good overall. I think it's a matter of just time, passage of time. And then at some point, we'll get to where everything will settle down and we'll understand true momentum. The next couple of months are looking somewhat positive, but we still see. I still think we're going to have one more good crash. That What we had before, no, that was a blip. I'm talking crash. (laughs) I think we got one more again, one more good crash before we get on a climb. This is my opinion. I could have it totally wrong, but that's what I see. Certainly with Ethereum, that we got one more good crash coming, and I think it's going to be a doozy once we get to that point. Bitcoin, I've said, I think the base is ten dollars to $12,000. People think I'm nuts, and that's cool. We'll wait and let time prove me right or wrong, and then if I'm right, just come back and give me my credit. But I do think that we're going to hold the line for a while. I think that there's the liquidations are going to play a factor, but I think that there's enough in the buy sentiment. There's people that are buying it. There's people that are scooping it up because they know that Bitcoin in particular is going to go on a run, period, point blank. Ethereum is going to go on a run, period, point blank. So if you're in for the long haul, I think you're in a good spot. If you're short trading, I can't tell you what to do with your money, but I am going to tell you that everything's not looking good for the short. I think the long, everything's a long play from what I can tell, and I could get that wrong, but I don't see good news for short people. All the liquidations and everything else don't bode well for the day traders out there. Speaking of Ethereum then, Turns out that the vast majority of Ethereum supply, roughly 90% of Ethereum supply, is actually not on exchanges. They're held in wallets. Now, there's some symbolism to this. When you have a vast majority of cryptocurrency held in wallets, it means usually, not always, usually a bullish sentiment. And you're like, what? If people are shifting stuff to the exchanges, it's usually with two intents. One, they want to short it or somehow play with it, gamble with it. Two, they want to sell it. Usually, not always. So don't come at me. I'm saying usually. But when they put it in a wallet, they're playing a hold or hodl, as some people say. And so it actually usually bodes well when you see more people that are holding on to their cryptocurrency, especially Ethereum in particular, because generally speaking, they're not intending to sell for a while and they're trying to hold the line. 
And I personally think that's a smart strategy because right now we see exchanges crashing and burning. Number two, there's opportunity to get into Descend and possibly make some good profit off of Descend's side. Certainly better than the centralized. You wonder how that's possible. The reason is because the volatility right now is at an all-time low. We're, we're seeing stability in most of these. And so when you go on the descend side, you'll have an easier, I think, personal opinion, opportunity to identify when it's the right time to make a positive or negative transaction and get some profit off of it. Then you would an exchange. The exchange, you kind of have to watch it because you never really know. You can set up a bot and kind of hope the bot does what it needs to do. And that's cool. If you're that, I'm not saying it's a bad strategy. I'm saying that it's possible. People are trying to hit the descent side and use that to make some profit. If they do, I think that's going to bode well for, again, the price movement I just talked about. Because more people holding means less volatility. Less volatility means it primes us, in my opinion, for a positive move to the upside. If you're still in Safe Moon, interested in Safe Moon, curious about Safe Moon, there was finally some news about Safe Moon after many months of dead silence. Apparently, one of the liquidity pairs for Safe Moon was compromised $8.9 million. Safe Moon, if you're not aware, is on the Binance Smart Chain. This particular liquidity pool, what happened was they the exploit allowed them to artificially raise the price. And then when they did, they dumped. They basically did. It's kind of like a rug pull, but not by the uh, the developer. So the interesting thing of this one is Safe Moon's been like in a lull for a long time. They still have some loyal folks, but they've got a lot of people what that, that are watching it and saying, okay, maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll be a thing that I, you know, I'm like, whatever, but seeing this after so long. And the thing is Safe Moon's been around for so long, like you wouldn't expect there be so blatant of a hack of this, but now it may have been that the liquidity pool was not uh, owned by the project. It could have been that it was created by somebody else, but the amount of money that was lost and the way the hack went off, I'm almost thinking this might be a some sort of a bug in the code. They say that it has something to do with public minting. I didn't see any such a thing in the code, but it's possible according to what they said. And this has happened to many. It happened to Elephant Money as well. So something to keep an eye on if you're in the safe moon ecosystem. Meanwhile, your good old buddy, Elizabeth Warren, now she's at it and she sees that there was a little bit of pump in cryptocurrency and couldn't help keep her mouth shut. She's putting out a, a new act. She's proposing to Senate to basically make it illegal for you to use your own crypto wallet, as in, you know, your wallet, make it illegal to use your wallet. This, if you can't tell, is designed to create bearish sentiment in cryptocurrency and hold it back because it's not going to go anywhere. The, the root behind this is know your customer and anti-mundering policy, any money laundering. Now, the problem is that when you're trying to do this with somebody's own wallet, there's no real risk. You can't, you don't have a case. You don't have a justification for this. It's, there's no real risk. If it's sitting in your wallet, there's no real risk. The thought though is somebody could take your own wallet, send it to one of these mixers like Tornado Cash, even though it's still kind of in Tornado Cash or Void Cash and still cheat the system. You don't have to go to centralized exchanges. Or you could literally just give the wallet to somebody. Both of these are true, but you could do that anyway. You could do cash and do that, and they wouldn't care if it was a cash transaction unless it went through a bank. So it's always been around the centralized exchanges. What she's doing, I'm telling you straight, and I don't, this is not opinion, it's blatant. What she's doing is that she's trying to force bearish sentiment on crypto and keep it from succeeding. She doesn't want to succeed. I told you that before. 
Apparently, they want to try to require all of the wallet manufacturers and miners to become, quote, money service providers and adopt all these policies, basically do KYC to everything. Everything should be KYC. And allegedly, it could, because of basically a slippery slope argument, it could go as far as anybody who sells cell phones. Because remember, most wallets are cell phone based. So if you if you wanted, you'd have to go all the way to the cell phone manufacturers. That's why I say this is a joke. It's not going to go anywhere. This is my, I'm not even going to put it as an opinion. It's not going to go anywhere. I call it to attention because if you're curious about what she's talking about, just, I'm sure, I'm sure if you Google Elizabeth Warren, you know, wallet, crypto wallet ban, you'll find something. The big news that I purposely ducked and avoided because it doesn't affect the United States, but I figured I'll talk about it because some people may be affected is the CFTC going after Binance.com. CFTC, of course, is the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. And they claim that they have a valid case and there's a lot to it. I'm not going to go deep into it, but ultimately their big beef is, you know, we don't, we can't trust finance. We can't trust where you are. You don't have a premise. You don't have a place to go. You don't have a place to be audited. You're trying to evade us law. You're not doing clear documentation. You're not doing anything to give us confidence in you. That's the justification, the boilerplate justification for what this is. They're, they they want to treat Binance like a traditional business, as in you have a, a physical premise and a headquarters that we can go to and audit you and do all the stuff stuff. And the fact that you're scattered and duck in the smoke, we're going to try to come after you. It's not going to go anywhere. They're, again, doing it to create bearish sentiment cryptocurrency. If you haven't learned by now that this is the way that the United States government works, hopefully you're getting a clue. Now, after a lot of delay, and it's been a while, I have good reason. I'm going to cover an underdog token. It's been a long time, but the reason I want to cover this now, number one, I haven't covered one for a while because most of the stuff coming out is crap. Number two, my situation of trying to get the move. And number three, I wanted to get past the bear as much as I could. This one came up on radar and it's been somewhat featured. It seems like not a lot of people know about it, but it's been featured in major places. And I want to talk about it. I'm not advocating for it, but I encourage you to take a look at it yourself if you're curious. The site is C, as in the letter C, dash charge.io. C dash charge.io. C dash charge or C plus charge is actually the name of it. And this one is, it actually is on the Binance and the Ethereum chain. So it's on both. And it's doing, it's currently on a, it's actually a public sale, but it's a pre-sale public pre-sale. That's about to wrap up its last phase. Allegedly, this is going to go live on BitMart fresh out of the gate on the 31st. So this caught my eye because I've never seen a pre-sale token project and it's not done through Pink Scam. It's actually through their site, but I've never seen a token project that was fresh out on one of the larger, not largest, but larger exchanges fresh out of the gate. I don't know that they truly will be on it, but I decided to look at the project and I figured I would talk about it. So their whole thought is to use blockchain to support EV electric vehicle charging stations payments. So when you have an electric vehicle, let's say, or a plug-in hybrid, and you need to charge your car at some charging station, there's a payment that you have to submit. What they're talking about is using blockchain to support the payments for this because they're trying to get ahead of what they believe is a rush on charging stations. Now, this is an intriguing concept. I don't know how viable it is, However, I know that payment processing and things has been a thing and it is going to be a thing. Ariva is another one that's doing something like that. So 
I am intrigued, at least at a high level, what they're proposing doing. They also are apparently offering carbon credits for doing so. I don't know how valid or useful that's going to be. But all these things put together created a very intriguing notion. And so I decided just to watch it. I don't know what's going to go. They apparently, I think it's 100 billion tokens off scratch, and then they have 400 million, I think it was, that they're offering in this uh, pre-sale, public pre-sale. So I went in with some spare change because I want to just watch its price movement when it goes live and just see what it does. I, I don't know on this one. It, the site looks reasonably well-written and the white paper is very, very good. Um, real faces, real people, real LinkedIn's. Uh, and again, it's been featured in a number of different sites, including CNBC for this one. Uh, they are doing what, what appears to be a pretty strong campaign, being on both Binance and Ethereum fresh out of the gate for this. I don't, I don't see anything that will be a red flag necessarily. Obviously, being a pre-sale, and they did do a private sale, so that's a risk. However, in their white paper, they talk about a vesting period. So pretty much everybody that's not doing the public pre-sale, everybody else, everybody in the private sale, they have team wallets, they have um, distribution wallets and all this, airdrops. All of those are vested. So everybody's vested, basically everybody's vested except for the people that are paying the pre-sale price, which, and the, you know, after it goes live. So I, I thought that was interesting because it basically means that anybody that's in the pre-sale could theoretically dump off, but they wouldn't be able to tank it because it's not the largest percentage. It's, it's the largest percentage of distribution. It's not the largest percentage of money. So that intrigued me. The BitMart fresh off the gate, if possible, intrigued me. And what they're talking about doing in terms of payment systems for EV intrigued me. And the white paper, again, is very, very good. The people, everything's intriguing. I'm not advocating them. I'm saying it was intriguing, caught my eye, and I tossed spare change at it because I'm not going to go YOLO. But I tossed spare change at it to just watch its price movement. And then I'll report back if it seems like it's doing something. I do want to see some actual use case and some other real-world implementations of what they're talking about. I went ahead and looked at their, uh, they have a roadmap on the site, but the roadmap doesn't give me enough data, like dates and things. So they, they claim that there's going to be KYC, full audit, um, marketing. They didn't have like excessive, like go after shillers. I didn't see that. That was good. I, I was excited to see that. And everything talks about the EV and everything talks about the business. Everything talks about actually doing something. The Schiller stuff doesn't happen to the very last when they're about to go live and then do a marketing push. So then I'm thinking, okay, so they actually plan to build this thing before they go after aggressive marketing, which might negate the you know initial pump and dump, maybe. Now we had the same thing with crypto to card.io though, and that one did a pump and dump anyway. So I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm saying that what I saw was intriguing and I encourage you to at least take a look at it and see what you think. I cannot advocate or promote, I don't know enough about whether they can pull this off. I think it's ambitious, but it's not impossible. Payments over blockchain is a normal thing that happens normally. Tying it to EV is intriguing because EV is on the rise and it's underserved, especially in the United States. So then that creates an opportunity if they can be a first starter. I don't know that they can. That's the open question. C-charge.io, I do encourage you to check it out. Again, it's on the Binance chain and the Ethereum chain. So far, I've got some toss-free change at it to just kind of watch it and see what it does. And then I'll report back based on its overall performance 
If any of them are listening to this, I doubt they will, but if any of them are listening to this, I would like to chat with you as a plug-in hybrid owner myself because I'm, I'm curious to understand the rollout plan. Like many of these charging stations already have a payment network. So how do you plan to compete with the fact that there's already strong players in the industry right now? Because I want to know the potential long-term potential of whether the, where this goes and if it can sustain what it's got going. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.